Welcome to What in the World podcast. This week, Jess and Jeremy Roberts, Hungry for Life's Director of Technology, will be sitting down and giving away all of the secrets and behind the scenes of their most recent fundraiser. So sit back and enjoy hearing all about how we pulled that off. Hi, and welcome back to another week of What in the World, the Hungry for Life podcast, where we talk about all things to do with international development and running a nonprofit. So it's been a while since we have filmed one of these, so we're a little rusty. But here today to talk about our latest event, which was our fundraiser two weeks ago, is our Director of Technology, Jeremy Roberts. Hey, Hi, Jess. Jer. Hey, Jess. How are you? Good. Thank Good. you for walking down the stairs and yeah. joining us on this podcast. I know. It's a whole, like, uh, I don't know, it 30 feet. <laughs> A long, it was a big ask, I realized that, but thank you for... Oh, anytime, <laughs> anytime. Um, so, yeah, Jeremy is our Director of Technology, and thank goodness for him, because we would not have been able to do our fundraiser auction event November 19th without Jeremy. So, this podcast is a little bit specific to um, to nonprofits, or if you, yeah, if you're running a nonprofit, if you're thinking about... Uh, fundraising and development and what that looks like as far as interjecting tech into that. So um, we are just going to kind of do a bit of a debrief about how our fundraiser went and hopefully shed some light on some great tech systems to help you, as in your nonprofit, raise more money and get your cause out there. So let's just jump right in. Sounds good. The This is just going to be a discussion, not so much questions, but we want to discuss why we went virtual for the mm-hmm. fundraiser this mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. So a few of the factors. So, Jer, I think I'm going to let you take, start sure. us off here. Sure, yeah, sounds good. Well, you know, it's been uh, it's been quite the couple of years here in the whole world, really. Mm-hmm. And so obviously COVID played a huge factor in and us deciding to go virtual again. Um, just the unknowns of what was gonna be open, if we were gonna be able to gather or not. And so, of course, we had to plan these things quite a bit in advance. And so we decided, well, the safest route is to keep it virtual for another year. Um, and then I- internal reasons as well, like, um, you know, even though from the tech side of things, there's a lot to figure out, but it's not, this, not nearly the same amount of work as planning an entire event where people come for either a dinner or, or whatnot. And so that played a bit of a, a factor as well. For sure, yeah. And like from the event planner perspective, putting on a 350-person event requires a ton of manpower, a lot of hours of sourcing, uh, like getting your caterers, getting your decor and all that kind of stuff. And so like shifting gears to a virtual fundraiser was a whole different ball game mm. that I'm sure any anyone who plans events for nonprofits is like nodding their head in agreement (laughs) that COVID just really threw everybody for a loop. And so I think that was probably, um, yeah, like going through what we went through last year with the last minute changes of, okay, let's do, let's go virtual because Mm -hmm. of COVID. Let's have some watch parties and then let's not be allowed to have some watch parties and all that kind of stuff. So I think, like you said, it was probably our safest bet. And I think God just had his hand in our decision making mm. because the, at the time that we made the decision to go virtual, it looked like we would be able to meet. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And then with and all then, like 
the vax passports and all that it just complicated everything yeah, a lot yeah, for sure another another reason to go virtual is um like you can have a more kind of purposeful streamlined event that way um like there's definitely great <clears throat> things about in person for sure and i'm excited for the day when we go back to that mm -hmm. but um but having like just a 45 to 60 minute program you can be really focused in what you're trying to say to people mm -hmm. um and i think that's kind of a, a plus for the, on the virtual side it can be more focused and direct um yeah and so yeah also a huge benefit to going virtual is reach mm, yeah anyone from all over the world can watch your event and anyone can donate yeah. to your event. I, yeah, I kept saying that to my supporters over and over again, like, because yeah. some live, you know, on the other side of Canada. And I'm like, yeah, you guys can tune in. It's, mm -hmm. a, you know, it's not too, too late for them. Yeah. And yeah, it was, it's great to be able to have that opportunity for people to join wherever they are. Yeah. And that's, that's why we titled our event this year, What in the World, which is also the title of our podcast. But yeah. you see that branding combination nice. there? Nice and done, yeah. Jess. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to hammer it in people's heads. Uh, no, it's, um, but yeah, so reaching people, allowing even like we, we're an international organization. So I'm not sure if they did, but, but our international partners would have the ability to, hmm. to tune into an event that they are the beneficiaries of mm -hmm. essentially. Mm -hmm. So, so that was um, another cool benefit to going virtual this mm -hmm. year. Um, hopping along. We used a system called Givergy, and they are they're a fundraising um, platform, and we've I, we've done a podcast with them and the benefits. So you can go back and, and learn more about exactly the scope of what they do. But um, we want to talk about how we decided to go with Givergy, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. and so from my perspective, um, we vetted a few different types of fundraising platforms and this one just seemed to be easy uh they were very willing they were very helpful and they like the first year we used them they were they provided they they were super helpful mm -hmm. and we actually used them in person first right yep. and they sent their tech people they sent um ipads for bidding yep. 30 of them mm -hmm. and it was just very slick yeah i was gonna say slick slick system they have yeah so from your perspective, were you part of that decision making like to go with Giffergy? I can't even remember. Uh, I don't know if I was, but since I heard about it, I was like, yeah, this is this is cool. Yeah, because um, it's it's providing a, an easier way for people to be a part of the auction and fundraiser, um, even if they're not at the event. Yeah, um, they could still be bidding on items and whatnot, like if for some reason they can't they can't be there. Um, so this year again, like I think it just made sense. Like it's they've been they've been a great um, a great platform over the years, mm -hmm. and now switching to virtual, it just made sense to to stick with them. Um, yeah, like I had um, I was texting somebody I knew who they couldn't make it to uh, the couldn't make it to the virtual event yeah. but because they were in Maui so she's oh. she's texting me pictures uh, I'm bidding from the beach she's like <laughs> nice. sending me screenshots of her bidding from you know the beach in Maui that's and I was awesome. like that's awesome yeah. that's amazing like yeah. Yeah. the fact that you don't have to be there uh, you can still like you can just set your max bid and go to your luau and mm -hmm. like, yeah. <laughs> you know for, kind of forget about it so that's another mm -hmm. um, awesome feature yeah yeah and, and on like the the technology side um, like 
starting a virtual event, like last year before we started, we didn't really know, like, what does that look like? What does that mean? Yeah. And so Givergy already, even last year, kind of had a system for, for how to how to provide that, how to provide a streaming option for people. Yeah. Um, and this year, they really stepped it up even more. Like, uh, last year, I think it worked it worked fairly well, but there were still some quirks to be, to be worked out. And this year, they partnered with a production company called ISI Productions. Yeah. And, uh, and this company does these types of events and, and more like that's their full-time thing. And so the, the, the partnership between Givergy and ISI worked really well. Um, ISI basically provides all the, uh, the, the, the manpower and stuff behind running the show. Mm -hmm. And all you need to be worried about as a nonprofit is, is sending your live stream to them. And then they basically take care of running everything else for you, which is, which is a huge benefit even for, um, even for companies or nonprofits that don't have a huge tech team, that can be, that can be a huge help. Mm -hmm. um, the way we did it was a little different because we added a few more pieces. And um, instead of just having our host or MC in front of a laptop with a webcam, we went you know, a lot bigger than that mm -hmm. with, with a stage um, and our own production team as well in the mix. So that, uh, that made it a little bit a little bit trickier, but, uh, but definitely really effective, I think, in, in the way we presented the, the yeah. event. Yeah, and that was super helpful. Like, you know, on on the evening, if you were watching, you know that there was there was a few tech glitches because we ran off of our time schedule, yeah. Yeah. and but it was nice to have um, like the tech support to say, oh, cancel opening the live auction, give us another ten minutes, like don't close the silent auction yet, and yeah. so they would kind of like be behind the scenes and programming that um, kind of on the fly. Um, the tricky part was communicating that with our MC, who did a great yeah. job at, <laughs> at filling the gaps of time. Yeah. He did the best he could, and I think he he did a great job, which is Cliff. Way to go, Cliff. Um, but pros and cons of using a system like this. Mm -hmm. I would say, like just off the hop, um, the cost. Mm -hmm. The cost would be a con, um, just so people are aware of how much a system like this costs, uh, it costed $5,600 for the bidding site and the streaming site. Mm -hmm. So that's Givergy and ISI running the, running the show. However, it seems like a lot, but at the end of the day, I think you're, you're making more because of the reach, mm -hmm. um, because your manpower can be used for marketing instead of your tech stuff. So on the outset, I would say the cost was a, was a problem for me. Hmm. But then once I saw the benefits, it really didn't yeah. make a huge difference. Yeah, when you when you have a system that works well at Givergy, like the return on that investment is, is so worth it. Yeah. Um, people being able to bid easily, which then, you know, ends up being more bids and things going for higher prices, hopefully. Yeah. You know, that type of thing. So I think it, I think it's worth it. And, and the fact that um, you know, you know, eventually we're going to go back to in-person events, mm -hmm. but in the meantime, this has saved us money, I would yeah. say, versus the cost of a, an actual physical event. I agree. Oh yeah. Running a virtual event is like less than, less than half the cost of, hmm. as it should be, should be far less than half yeah. the cost yeah. of it, <laughs> you know, um, because the other thing, uh, this is totally off topic, not off not off topic. Nothing's off topic. Uh, but you're, <laughs> it's just not on the Givergy thing. But another cost, which I think people are scared to to pay for, but the ROI on it is like 
so worth it is the MC. Mm. So mm-hmm. the MC, I hope that this is okay that I say this, but it, like we've had other MCs too. So it's not just for this year's MC uh, is about $2,000 for an evening to, to run that. And like, it's kind of like, Oh, painful to, to swallow that, but so worth it. And they keep the program going in essence they make you more money if you have a proper mc mm-hmm, so that's mm-hmm. the other thing yeah yeah but what, what what else would you say would be a pro or a con of using a site like this versus just doing it yourself yeah i mean a, a pro is that uh you they give you a lot of the tools um on and tutorials on how to best put on a, a virtual event so they've got guides on how to stream um, the best lighting setups, all that sort of stuff, and kind of walk you through that process. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're not just left to yourself to try to figure out what am I doing here. Yeah. Um, and also even helping you build out what your what your program, what your order of the night's going to be, and and how to kind of interject like your message and your kind of key points with the fact that you're still doing a fundraiser and calling people to give. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think there's there's a big big pro in that uh, for sure. Um, with us, with the way we were kind of running things, there was, um, it was a little bit complicated kind of going back and forth with um, our setup and then and then the ISI setup because we were running some of the show ourselves. So there was a few little things there that I'd do differently next year. But, but yeah, overall, like, it's definitely worth it. Yeah. And again, like this, this podcast is kind of more specific to other nonprofits who have been in the shoes of fundraising during COVID and uh and trying to adapt to ever ever changing, um, like external factors and mm-hmm. internal factors, and like mm-hmm. the role of tech in that. So, from the tech standpoint, what is all involved in pulling something like this off? Because, because I personally would never have been able to do it mm-hmm. without a director of technology. So I'm thinking, like, not every organization has a director of technology, and like, that's daunting. And how do you oh, do yeah. that? Can oh, you yeah. do it? Yeah. <laughs> Take it away. Yeah, there's there's so much to, to unpack there. So um, first, like I mentioned before, like if, uh, from Givergy's side, they're trying to make it as easy for you as possible. Yeah. So you don't have to go all big on a stage and have all like these extra features like we had. You can totally keep it simple and um, and just you, you stream from a, from a laptop with a good webcam and good lighting and good audio. Those are key for sure. Like if you don't, if you're in a dark room, bad lighting, your audio is all crackly or can't be heard, well, then that's going to be a fail. But um, so you need to invest some time trying to figure that part out for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of what we want to do this year, we wanted to step it up a notch. We wanted to have more interactivity with our guests. So having that trivia game, right. um, having the <clears throat> Zoom call, well, that was a bit of an issue, but it shouldn't have been. But yeah, um, but yeah more interactivity with our guests. And so, um, yeah, it is important to have either someone on your staff or someone you can hire out that that knows how to pull those pieces together um because yeah in our in our setup we had um we had our mc cliff on a stage um at a church here in town and they had we had our own kind of production uh going on from that side of things with cameras lighting audio that was all pulling things into the live stream feed that we were sending to isi productions um and then they were taking that and then they were broadcasting out to the event site, um, as you saw. And then they were also taking care of running all our different pre-recorded videos as well. Um, videos that showed life change, showed what we've been doing this year, uh, our key messages, um, all that sort of stuff. And so, 
yeah, it's important to have someone who's got a mind for how those pieces are all going to fit together mm-hmm. um, because it's there's a lot of moving pieces. Even myself, as, I, as the weeks leading up to it, I was like um, kind of just almost freaking out about like, oh, I hope this part works. I hope we got this part figured out because, um, yeah, you don't... Lots of moving pieces. Lots of moving pieces. Yeah. And you, you got to obviously um, do, have rehearsals and kind of run-throughs and and that type of thing too but it's it's totally doable mm-hmm. um but yeah i think having the key people that that know the tech side of things is is very important and not even just that but like like this is not giffergy is not sponsoring this but <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing that they offered us was uh, so much experience with other organizations who have done the same mm-hmm. thing what's gone well what hasn't like don't have a don't have a video longer than three minutes or four minutes, whatever it was. Uh, don't have a program longer than forty five minutes. Like these are kind of factors that they've tried, tested, and true. And so that was helpful as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I yeah, I don't think people totally understand. At least I don't. So I'm just talking from my 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 own experience here. I don't. I would have no clue how to pull something like this off. Hmm from the tech side. So, um, and I just think that you can't go back now. Like with tech, right. it's so important to always be up on the latest trends of tech. Um, even like, even, I mean, you know what, we'll get into marketing in a minute. So, so yeah. So from the tech standpoint, do you have anything else to add to that? Um, yeah, I think, well, it, it kind of blends into marketing a bit too, but um, on the back end of the Givergy site and the event site, making sure those are set up properly mm-hmm. um, with um, not just technically, but like also like like what you want to say and make sure things are clear and easy for people to understand. Because um, if people are getting to your bidding site and confused about how to buy tickets or confused about how to bid on an item or whatever, then that's going to make them not want to not want to not want to participate and same with the the event site um making sure it's obvious and clear like how you how you can send a chat message yeah. or how you can yeah. different things like that and i think this year um givergy did a great job with partnering with isi because mm-hmm. that that system that they had in place with the the main kind of viewing part of the screen in the chat and then the extra qr codes and stuff to get back to the bidding site all of that was a step above last year for sure yeah and so if you're trying to piece that all together completely by yourself without a system like Givergy, that would be very tricky to to figure out how to best engage your audience mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, okay, I'm gonna swap the points from our notes here right. for a second. Let's talk about what went into marketing for this event. Uh, so again, from the event planner standpoint, I felt like we really peppered people with communication. Uh, I, I felt like we sent out maybe one too many emails, one too many social media posts, one too many phone calls. Um, but I don't know if I would do it differently. Hmm. And if you were a donor and you are listening right now, I would love feedback on this <laughs> because when, when we were thinking about this, I'm thinking like, what's important to a donor? Like we're not just after money. Yeah. Well, we are. Okay. So it was, it was a fundraiser, but like what my goal was to connect our donor group with our cause. Mm -hmm. And how do you do that? Right. By communicating. Yep. 
via social media, via emails, via phone calls. And so um, a lot went into planning, like uh, our social media schedule was pretty packed full of auction related mm -hmm. and the same images and the same verbiage and the same, all that over and over and over again. And I don't know, I, by the end, I was just so sick of that image that we used. <laughs> I really liked it, which is sad because now I don't, but, um, <laughs> But just as a reminder for people and, you know, because even in our own lives, like if, if I invite you to an event in three months from now, you're going to be like, uh, talk to me in a week mm -hmm. or like a week out. Yeah. And right. so that's why we kind of kept sending a bunch of reminders and phone calls and social media posts. So if you're listening and you were annoyed and bothered by that, please reach out to me at jgoshlack at hungryforlife.org. <laughs> uh, but, but on the flip side, yeah. like it's, it's a... Uh, like, I think it's like seven times, seven touch points that people need before mm. they actually, you know, click to buy a ticket or get the message or this type of thing. So, mm -hmm. um, and on our side, yes, we were creating these things all the time, sending them out all the time. And so maybe that did feel like a lot, but I think on the other, I mean, I, I could be wrong, but on the, the other end, the, um, the people consuming the media on social media, um, I think they... I don't know. I would hope that they wouldn't feel overwhelmed with it and that it would be just like, oh, yeah, I need to I should buy my ticket now to this event. Um, yeah, I don't know. Because the the end goal is honestly and I, I'm being truthful in this. It's not money like yeah. we need that to operate. Yes. But like the end goal is to get to provide our donor group with an opportunity to give or mm -hmm. provide them with an opportunity to connect with a cause that they can feel passionate about mm -hmm. and then that they can get excited about. So um, figuring out how to do that effectively, I'm still learning. Like mm -hmm. that's still like a steep learning curve because everyone's so different and you mm -hmm. know, how people respond is ever changing. And so it's just, there's, there's a lot that goes into development that you don't mm -hmm. always really think mm -hmm. about. But it's so yeah. true, though, like we say this with our support team building when each staff member is raising support, like it's not about asking for money. It's about building a team of people that are mm -hmm. involved and invested in, in the cause. Yeah. And um, so same thing with people that um, donate operationally or that um, come to our auction fundraiser. Mm -hmm. um, it's about connecting them with that cause mm -hmm. and helping them feel a part of that. Because um, really, it's it's yes, sure, there's the financial side, but there's also the just investment in something that matters side like yeah and i think sometimes people some people can lose sight of that but i know for us here like that's so important it's so important yeah um and our goal was two hundred thousand dollars which is i kind of threw that out there like <laughs> kind of chuckling in my head about that yeah. but we made it yeah that's just amazing i I can't believe that. Like I was yeah. thinking you're crazy, Jess. There's yeah, no me way too. we're gonna <laughs> Me too. Uh, but no, it's it's it was really cool to see obviously to see that number when when it was revealed. Um yeah. and to see God's faithfulness. Absolutely. And yeah. it just shows you time and time again, like we, we just need to have faith and trust yeah. um that he's gonna provide for our needs and, and he does. Yeah, and to that point, like like we had a debrief with a few other leadership team members yesterday and talking about like, okay, well, what can we attribute that to? Like, mm -hmm. okay, we met our goal. We're trying to think like oh, what went well, what didn't, what can we do differently for next year? Like, I don't know if we can pinpoint one thing. And mm -hmm. that, that was kind of mentioned yesterday, other than the fact like God is faithful in mm -hmm. this, like, like you give him your best efforts and, and then rest and let him do the rest. Yeah. And, 
that was really cool to see. So I would love to sit down with like a panel of donors and say like, what motivates you to give? But I think it would be very different. And I think at the end of the day, God motivates people to mm. give. Mm -hmm. So so I think any research and development is just pointless. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> it's not at all. But yeah. I'm still curious about yeah, what makes people yeah, give. But um, yeah, and to that note, like a bit of a breakdown. Like I was, I was very curious, like where did all that money come from? I, I just looked. So our silent auction... Um, so we raised 206,000, I think is the final number mm -hmm. of that. The silent auction was only 34 and a half thousand, wow. which is better than most years. Yeah. 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 Um, our live was 17, mm -hmm. which is also better than most years, but huge shout out to our corporate sponsors. Mm -hmm. We had 40,000 that I secured. And then after that, like after we, uh, got like the 40,000, we got their logos and everything, you know, the official corporate sponsors. Mm -hmm. We had people continuing to donate wow. like thousands of dollars before the actual event, which is like really incredible. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I just like, if you are one of those people, like, thank you. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. huge shout out to you guys for, for, um, like just obeying your calling and, and supporting our cause and just believing in, in what hunger for life does. And mm -hmm. that's kind of, all I want to say to that point, but that's amazing. Um, would you some, do any? Oh, sorry, go for it. Let's say some other cool numbers. I did the breakdown um, of how many people tuned in and what our reach was. Mm -hmm. um, we don't, we didn't get numbers for where people were located. I don't think, um, but there were 184 unique views of the virtual auction or okay. event, which sounded kind of low at first, but then I thought about it. Well, we've got watch parties of 10 to 15 people, mm -hmm. people that are watching um, just by themselves, probably are with a cup, like, you know, yeah. them and their spouse or whatnot. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that equals at least 585 people. I no would way. say. Yeah. So I didn't even know that. That's pretty cool. So, I mean, yeah. no, like a typical uh, in-person event like is what, three, 300? 300 or so. Yeah. So like we pretty much doubled it. That's um, amazing. Which is really cool. Really cool. Yeah, I didn't even think to pull up those numbers. I just figured Thanks that for out half that. an hour that's, ago. Yeah, that's encouraging. <laughs> um what about doing anything differently? What what are anything we going to different. do next year? Yeah. Well, of course the whole question of do we go do a hybrid in person yeah. uh, event is 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 up for grabs there. Yeah. Uh from a tech side of things, what would we do differently? Um well, we had a couple issues, like with the Zoom call, we had yeah. we had some issues there, and part of that was um, part of that was unfortunately we had to move venues just like a couple of days prior to the event. So we had a rehearsal at one venue mm -hmm. and got everything sorted out, and then had to move venues because of flooding in the area and whatnot, mm -hmm. um, and so we didn't get properly time to test that. So I would I would definitely properly test everything. Right. <laughs> is the biggest thing for sure. Yeah. Um, and probably provide other ways for uh, more ways for people to interact. Yeah. Um, I know we had the chat and we had the, the game, but, um, yeah, maybe checking in with the zoom parties a couple of times would be, would be pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, yeah, any, any other, you know, interactivity we could provide or I don't know, there's lots, lots of things we could do, I suppose. But yeah. And like, we were talking about sort of, um, like the amount of work versus how much is pulled in and it's just so easy to want to go virtual again hmm. 
because of that. Uh, because at the moment we have a bit of a staff capacity issue too. So mm-hmm. it's like this virtual situation worked out quite nicely. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people are missing interaction. So yeah. I think um, we'll definitely have to figure out some sort of hybrid situation. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Wish us luck. Um, yeah, that's kind of all I wanted to talk to you about. And I hope it was beneficial if you're a nonprofit listening. Just some some highs and lows of fundraising and event planning during COVID and all that kind of stuff. So hopefully it was of value to you. And um, that's all I really have to say. If you want to watch our event, it's on our YouTube channel or will be. It's definitely on Vimeo. And okay. it, I think it will be on YouTube very soon. Yeah. You can see all of our tech glitches. See if you catch it, because a lot of the watch parties didn't, because they were just too busy having fun. So, yeah, and that's a wrap for this one. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you later. Thanks for listening to What in the World, where we seek to educate and inspire. Here at Hungry for Life, we are passionate about your group having a global impact and eradicating needless suffering. For more information, head over to our website at hungryforlife.org. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and wherever you may listen to podcasts. Tune in every other week for another conversation about what is happening at Hungry for Life.